2: Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We have a terrific guest in store for you in this special edition. Glad you're here. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETF's Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, Symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Oh, hi, Fred. Good afternoon, everybody. And joining us, we are happy to welcome Chris Ermson, the CEO and co-founder of Aurora. Thanks for joining us, Chris.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's
0: a real pleasure to
1: have you, Chris.
2: For those who may need it, Chris, let's start with a little bit of background about Aurora. You came from the Alphabet Self-Driving Project, now called Waymo, and your co-founder, Sterling Anderson, previously headed the autopilot team at Tesla. So you've got quite a group there to start with. Tell, tell us a little bit more background.
1: Yeah. And in fact, we have a third co-founder, Drew Bagnell, who uh, he and I went to graduate school at Carnegie Mellon, and then he helped found the, the Uber self-driving team. So yeah, for me, I've been, I've been working in self-driving cars for you know roughly 17 years, I guess, back to the, the days of the, the DARPA Grand Challenges and building robots to drive across the desert. And I had the, the privilege of, of being the technical director for Carnegie Mellon's teams back then. And, uh, and then got a chance to go ahead to Google to help found and, and build that self-driving car program. And then in 2016, um, was able to uh, you know, get a chance to work with Drew and Sterling and founded Aurora with the mission of delivering the benefits of self-driving technology safely, quickly, and broadly. And so for the last four years, uh, we've been on that mission uh, we've been able to attract an incredible group of people with us uh, and you know what we're trying to do is um, you know build what we call the aurora driver which is the capability to help vehicles move safely uh, to enable vehicles to move safely through the world uh, whether it's delivering goods or delivering people where they're trying to get in life
2: well now to the meat of this <laughs> you've certainly closed out 2020 in a really big way with Aurora taking over Uber's self-driving vehicle efforts, we've we've seen the various headlines. But I'm curious about the way you would characterize the acquisition or partnership.
1: Exciting, uh, I think it's the way I would characterize it. Right? We we um, you know we know a number of the people over there, uh, right? That that's, uh, and we're meeting many more of these amazing folks who are really. Um, committed to delivering this technology in the world. Uh, they have uh, faced a variety of adversity um, uh, over, over the years uh, and the, the people that are still there are the folks who really you know believe in the social benefit of this technology and want to see it you know out in the world doing something good. Um, We've been really impressed with the technology that we found. There's lots of neat nuggets that, as we bring together what we've been building at Aurora and what they've been building over the last five years together, uh, we're confident this is going to accelerate uh, our ability to get technology, you know, to get self driving vehicles on the road um, and go start serving the public and make the roads safer, make the transportation more accessible, make it less expensive. Um, and then in the long term, I know you've, you've talked about this opportunity to kind of change the landscape of cities and make them more livable and, and you know, better places to be. So, you know, it's it's really, um, you know, this is a kind of a game changer for us. And we think it's actually a big change for the industry. Uh, uh, so we're, we're incredibly excited about it.
2: What can you tell us about the story behind this, how, how the deal
1: came about? Yeah, so, so at Aurora, again, our mission is to deliver the benefits of self-driving technology safely, quickly, and broadly. And so as we're on that mission, we think about how do we make it more likely that that's going to succeed? And how do we, how do we bring that mission sooner in time? Uh, and so we're always looking for great opportunities to bring great, good people into the company. Uh, and at some point, um, you know, we, we reached out to the Uber team. Uh, and you know, I started to have a conversation with Dara about the, the possibility here, and we ended up coming to the conclusion this was, um, you know, a, an incredible opportunity for Aurora, an incredible opportunity for Uber, an incredible opportunity for the people of uh, of ATG. And so it it made sense, and we've been trying to work through what's, as you can imagine, somewhat complicated. But um, uh, you know, we're very excited about where it ended up.
2: And Uber's going to have a roughly one quarter stake
1: in the company? Yeah, that, that's right. So they're gonna be an important, significant minority shareholder in the company. Uh, Aurora is gonna to continue to be an independent company. We think that's important uh, because we, you know, we want to have the focus of just working on the driver. We, you know, that's the thing we think we can eat best in the world at. Uh, and I believe deeply, and we believe deeply, that the way this technology comes to market most quickly and has the biggest impact is through partnership. Uh, and so, you know, we'll build the driver and then we'll work with folks that want to move goods through the world. We won't work with folks who want to move people through the world. Uh, and we'll work with the folks who, who make those the vehicles used for moving goods and moving people through the world. And we'll just do the part in the driver in the middle. And we think it'll make it'll kind of raise all those folks. Uh, and if you think about how hard it is to make a vehicle, or how hard it is to build an Uber or a FedEx, like that's not what we're good at. Uh, we're good at that part that that enables those businesses to be better over time. And so, you know, we're we're we're, we're excited about the opportunity there.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, what your approach to this has has been uh, at least in my view rock solid from the. From the beginning, one of the things that I think you not to put words in your mouth, but that you promoted when you were at, at uh, with Google and, and the precursor to Waymo was that, in fact, uh, basically you had to build a driver, and the driver had to had to be the driver, and it couldn't really share the responsibility with a human. I mean, you know that try to deal with, with the two of them working you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, or whichever one one you what you really didn't. And, and I, I think people are really agreeing that that's, that's the way to, to actually deliver this. And of course, the other piece of this thing is, as you just mentioned, there there are, it's at least a three-legged stool here. You've got to have the driver, you've got to have the, the wheels on which the driver operates, and then you, you have to have the the business, the ability to go get the customers and they'll operate it and to do all those things to, to really then, you know, deliver value to society in which you can expect to have some income and, you know, build a, build a business. Because, I mean, you know, if we're just doing technology, let's go back in the desert the way we were. And we yeah. had a, a DARPA. I mean, we had a ball there. I mean, right? and and But, you yeah. know, that doesn't, that doesn't deliver the, the value.
1: So uh, yeah. that's really rock solid. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of the things that's really excited about the, this deal with, with bringing the ATG folks and, and that, that company into us is the partnership that comes with that with, with Uber. Uh, because you know, we understand how much uh, how, how hard it is to build a driver, but having a partner who knows how best to use it uh, and how we can integrate that our, our our driving capability into their service, and and find the right ways to bring it in at the beginning and, and when it's less capable, um, see it start to deliver value, and then over time, you know, be able to you know serve their customers better and better. We we think that's going to be an incredible, an incredible pathway, an incredible way to accelerate uh, this technology in the market. But so, Chris, you you've, you've said that uh, the uh, autonomous uh,
2: taxis aren't uh, the first priority for you or the first product that you're going to be delivering. i put it that way.
1: Yeah. We don't expect it to be the first product. Um, we uh, you know, as we dig in under the covers, we'll, we'll learn more and see, you know, see what's possible, but we're pretty convinced today that the right first product is, is in trucking.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can get to the trucking a little bit later. Let, let, let's, could, could we sort of go back and, and maybe, talk about the, the people movement piece of this thing um, in terms of, of getting started. I mean, it's sort of, to me, that it's tough to take the real first step of a business. It's, you can go do yeah. tech, you can do, yeah, we can be in labs, we can whatever, and so on and so forth. But 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 the, to do the first real one, you, you have to do it with the driver. And you, as I like to say, you have to, your driver, you have yeah. to get you you have to get rid of the security blank. I call it a security blank. I call I sort of call the person that, that's in there overseeing. When you're doing testing, of course you're gonna have somebody overseeing it. I mean why why not? Yeah. It really doesn't cost you that much. The problem is is that if you want to do this thing affordably, which I think is the whole business of, of you that's developing kind of the point. this, is so you do it affordably. I mean yeah. If somebody's going to give us all the money to do all this stuff and we just go arms for the poor and you know and they dump money on it then you know we could have done that in 1910 1920 1930 yeah. 1940 2010 you know
1: yeah.
0: but the key
1: is is your driver has to
0: be able to do
1: it yeah. right and I couldn't agree more and this is one of the reasons why uh, Aurora you haven't seen us do a whole lot of um, kind of flashy demo-y stuff out in the world, right? And, you know, there's, there's other folks who are doing pilots. And, and, you know, that's important because to your point, you you have to understand the product and right. it's more than just technology. So there's a time and you, you'll start to see Aurora doing some more of those piloty type things. But for the first four years, we've really been heads down on what we believe to be the tall pole. As to your point, you know, it turns out that, that Uber exists today. Uh, and so you can buy a car, drive it around and help people move through the world. Um, and if you took a, you know, pretty much anyone's self-driving car today, it's just a really expensive car with a, with a driver in it. Um, and so it turns out the economics for a really expensive car versus a less expensive car with a driver in it are worse. Uh, and so you don't really have a business, uh, until you are able to kind of cross that chasm of, uh, of, you know, the safely. Operate the vehicle without a driver. And so we've been pushing that technology forward. Uh, and, and we're now, we can see the path to that being ready. And so now it's time for us to start thinking about and, and understanding uh, to your point, now, you know, how do you use that car? How do you use that truck um, to go do something useful? And so we'll start to do more pilot work from there.
0: Yeah, and to me that that defines the operational design domain, or that seems to be the name that we all use. That basically defines the confines over which you have enough confidence, and the operator has enough confidence to go out there and say, "I, we can, we can do it in here." And now that operational design domain is the start. Which of course one would like to grow it, but at least you have a place to start. And so that gets to the point that. Do we start at moving packages or toilet paper, as you say sometimes? <laughs> yep. do we started at moving, you know, cornhauser, which, I mean, you know, talk about fragile. <laughs> I
1: mean, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I think the advantage to moving goods is that uh, they're not conscious, right? Uh, and so, you know, we've all had that experience where we've been in a taxi or an Uber or Lyft, um, and the driver doesn't make the turn when you would have. Right, either they are too aggressive, uh, and you feel uncomfortable, or you're sat there, and why aren't they going? And it's frustrating. Um, and you know, fundamentally, they're making a different trade-off in terms of uh, certainty uh, of safety than than you would as a driver. Uh, and and that part of the experience, I think, is really important. Um, and so. This is one of the reasons why I think that the goods delivery is likely a first entry point, because, it, as, as you say, you know, if you're a roll of toilet paper sat in the back of a truck, you don't know, right? You have no idea you know, whether, whether you're, you're, you don't want to on this of the gap. Um, yeah. And so uh, as, a, as a technology, we can bias incrementally towards safety uh, without frustrating, you know, the occupant. Uh, and that means we can probably launch incrementally sooner uh, with, with something that's moving goods versus people. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to, to push forward. You know, the Aurora platform that we're building, this driver will span across this. And it's a question of um, how do we get into market first uh, safely? Um, that allows us to build you know, revenue, which then gives us the privilege um, to actually go and have the broader impact uh, and build a business and, and, you know, serve our mission over time. Well, not
0: only the revenue, but it also brings you the experience so that you can, people can say, oh my goodness, it was moving toilet paper. Well, it can move me. You know, yeah. I every time I used to get into United Airlines, you know, I complained about the pilot. What the hell's the pilot doing? You know, I'd want to go up there and knock on, you know, but yeah, I sat back and Took it, and whenever I get on New Jersey Transit, you should hear me about how I complain about how that's being driven. We're all going to end up, however good we ever end up being at this. Yeah. Well, it won't be as good as we could have done it, of course. But but it may be so darn good that in fact we're able to sit back there and, and in fact uh, enjoy it. And if we don't happen to have all the resources that we that it's, some of the other people have. We can, in fact, substantially improve our quality of life, right? right. I mean, that's at least that's no, I, continues to motivate us
1: in talking about this. Yeah, I have complete conviction in that, right? That, that we, this technology unlocks a path to um, safer transportation and, and over time, much less expensive transportation right it redemocratizes public transportation in a way that that we can't we just can't do today um, I and, think in, that's and, and in
0: fact that 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 affordable mobility afforded to everyone within the operational design domain we have to because yeah. it's not gonna when, when it snows a foot tomorrow here in Jersey I mean come on if that's not the problem we're trying to figure out to solve is how to go through a foot of snow in Jersey that happens once every who knows how many years. It's really, you know, when, when it's reasonable outside, how do we how do we let people go to synagogue, go to, go, to uh, go get their groceries, go to school, go to the library, go to work and all that sort of thing. Go to soccer practice and do it affordably and comfort, somewhat comfortably and safely, of course, right?
1: Yeah. All of these things. Right. And, and, and we've seen, um, anytime where we see a step function in the quality or, uh, efficiency of, uh, of, of, of operations, right. Uh, we see transformationally positive impacts in the world. Um, right. The, the, the convenience and lifestyle that, that, folks uh, who live across the United States have today you know and, and the quality of life that they have would not be possible without the industrial Revolution right uh, to some you know to a similar kind of degree would not be possible without globalization um, right and, and this is a, another um, uh, step you know in that direction and it's you know it's a very important step I think it's going to have a huge positive impact over the long term and it's going to be um and it's going to be difficult in in the, in, the, in, the, in the midterm for some aspects, but I think it's a, it's an important step and, and we want to be leading it.
2: We'll be back with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETF's Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. Symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, check out the white paper. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Lots of great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you may know, can be a smart way to spread risk and focus on a particular category of stocks. The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back with a special edition of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Aurora co-founder and CEO, Chris Urmson. Chris, in what ways has the pandemic affected your operations this year, other than moving that toilet paper becomes more valuable?
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least the toilet paper itself, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think so. So this is obvious, right, that that, um, you know, we don't have uh, people in the office or at least not to the same degree that we did. We have people working from home. You know, we don't travel as much as as we did. I think what's been um, exciting, though, is the way that the team has risen to the, the challenges that have come through this. And we position ourselves well going into this. We. You know, we uh, have been developing and continue to develop what we think is the, you know, premier virtual development tool set for this. And so an awful lot of the development work we've been doing can continue because we can test things in simulation. We can test them with, with other offline tools. And that's been uh, incredible. Um, you know, and, you know, we've been fortunate that we've been able to, you know, retain our, our vehicle operation team through all of this. Um, you know, we were able to kind of cross train them on different skills for a while as, as we have been through the, the various, um, uh, requirements from local governments on how we operate, we've been responsive and actually more cautious generally than, than those guidelines have been. Uh, and so we were able to figure out how can we safely operate vehicles through this and how do we change our operations to enable that? So we're not putting, you know, our, our operators at, you know, at a reasonable risk. Um, and so it's been it's been kind of full speed ahead. In fact, we we I think we hired 200 plus people um, in the time that you know we've we've been in this pandemic. And so um, I think people are, despite the external challenges and the external um, you know well awfulness of of what we're going through as a well as a world um people are excited about the mission they're excited about the people they get to work with and we can help to create an environment for them to do great work so it's been it's been it's you know i think um you know, rewarding right to see the way the team has pulled together through this i
0: mean when, when you look at this look this is code and i mean those who write the code and do the code man you know they, I, I don't know if they're all in their, their the basements of their parents basement or whatever but you know this is that and once you have the simulation tools as you as you say simulation is 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 only an approximation of mother nature you have to go out there and do it too but you can you can really do so uh, an awful lot under the simulation
1: we, we can do a lot. I, I would be careful not to characterize our software engineering team as folks who live in their <laughs> parents' basement. You know, I think <laughs> no, can do no it. I wouldn't. Uh, say but, that. Uh, but I think there's a kind of a stigma that's associated with that. I, I think it's it's actually we have this really incredibly diverse group of people, yeah. right, and, and with a diverse set of interests and you know families and. All kinds of different phases of life, and so yeah. we're we're super proud of those.
0: Folks. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at some of my students. I was surprised at uh, at at how well they did on their final project this semester. I mean, some of the most spectacular stuff I ever got. And I, you know, wow. someone saying, "Boy, did I hate teaching under this under this environment!" But uh, but some of the students, I mean,
1: whoa, I mean, this is,
0: it was. Yeah, really I had is,
1: nothing better to do. <laughs> it, it really is interesting, right? That that. Um, I think it amplifies different person, you know, different personality traits. Yeah. Right? There's certain people who really appreciate the fact that they can be kind of by themselves and have focus and not have to interact with other folks. And then there's other people who really draw energy from being around others. Um, uh, you know, and one of the things that um, we've gotten through this pandemic is a need to be kind of more thoughtful and structured in the way we communicate. Um, right? And, and it's, it's been a learning experience. I think we will carry some lessons forward. I think some of the lessons we've learned on how to operate in, tr- in a fully dispersed manner um, don't carry forward when we get, you know, a significant part of our population back in office. Uh, but I think I certainly appreciated that there's an opportunity to be more flexible with folks wanting to work from home as we, as we move forward.
0: Yeah, let, let let me see if we can get to the 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 logistics goods movement piece of this of this thing. Um, sort of, um, and I may not have the the right view on it. The 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 long haul trucking I would put characterize in one char- one character or the LTL or whichever one you want to take, and then the 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 local delivery piece uh, is really an, another one. And to me they they almost look like two different businesses. The, the long haul trucking one, you know, I, I played in that area for many years and, 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 and um, um, that's a tough job for the driver. And they could use, I think, a lot of help. So in some sense, you, you almost don't, to, to, to really contribute to that, sector of the economy you don't really have to remove the driver and in some sense you may not even want to but yet your driver capabilities really so improve the quality of life for the for the worker there the work i've made a statement right osha should be in here mandating that they put your system in there to help that driver simply because i mean I don't know how I could sit there and pay attention 10 hours a day, every day, to feed my family. I mean, you know, I, I would have been a vegetable basket case long enough. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So how do, you, how do you see that opportunity, which could actually be a nearer-term opportunity for you, than, than to go and say, hey, no, nah, you know, we have driverless truck operations between A and B,
1: da 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 da, da. Yeah, and, and I think this will be an important part of the next phase of what we do, where we start to pilot this technology and understand how we deliver the best value. I think the, I think the, um, my expectation is that it probably does head towards driverless for chunks of, if not the whole end to end, because I think that, to your point, um, these are very important jobs. Um, but they're very difficult, and they're very, you know, and and they're, um, and, and they're jobs that reduce the life expectancy of the people who do them, right? Uh, and this is the kind of thing. This like that's the kind of job where where we ultimately want to um, improve society by by making it so that those people can do something else, right? Um, where think, they have a
0: better opportunity to do what they do, have a better yeah. life doing, and not be so burdened by this. I mean, you yeah. know, you don't pay attention for six seconds, you're dead. I mean, you know. Yeah, right. right? And I mean,
1: it's it's a dangerous job and it's a difficult job. And I think the the and and it's an important job, right? Like yeah, that that absolutely. it is. Right. Of our economy. Um, and so I think it's it's important that we we look at the opportunity to help there. I think you're you're right that I, I look at when I think about how we deploy the Aurora driver over time, um, I see there's kind of three verticals if you will of applications so there's the the heavy duty truck work um which is you know long-haul trucking or mm-hmm. people depot trucking there's people moving which we talked about and then there's the the light vehicle light commercial vehicle uh local delivery kind of milk run type jobs right and, and i think that the, the the people moving and the um light delivery of very, very similar technologies. Um, I think ultimately they're all the same technology, but I think those two, the ODDs are very similar. The applications are very similar. I think they come together as, as, as one kind of set of, of products. And then the, the, the trucking, the long-distance trucking, is, is um, there's a, a 90% overlap, we think, between them, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but the fact that it's a big vehicle, the fact that it's operating long distance primarily on highway, the fact that it's articulated, right, means it's incrementally different. Than- yeah, and, and and along, I mean, I,
0: the, the way I sort of try to tell, uh, explain to the students is that that there, you, you can deliver an enormous amount of value to the company by making that those workers so much better that yeah. you almost don't don't have to remove them. At, at the beginning, you can remove you can remove them over time. You you can get value out of out of the technology early without removing. Whereas you know to make to make either the movement of people inexpensive, you almost have to. Or as I like to say, for the home delivery piece, you know how about between one a.m. and five a.m. I mean, you know, it used to be we, we wanted from Amazon fifteen minutes delivery in 15 minutes but we've learned in the pandemic that my goodness you know if if it's even in two days we're pretty damn happy because they're pretty bringing it to us so maybe some i don't know how you guys are over there in the west coast
2: alan i'm getting a signal that chris's time is tight here so we're going to have one more question then we're going to let you go if that's okay chris (laughs) thank you thank you so What Tell us about looking ahead 2021, what that is going to bring for Aurora and this industry. Obviously, through this pandemic, there's been, I guess to some it would be a surprising amount of progress. But what's your thinking ab- about where things are going in 2021 and the biggest remaining challenges?
1: Yeah, and and for us, it's really, you know, the the obvious thing is we're going to be bringing the the great folks from ATG and Aurora together and and getting us aligned and accelerating towards delivering this technology. Uh, I think there's a lot of work um, we've been doing um, uh, on the driver and on the partnerships, and I think some of that will come to light over the the next 12 months. Uh, And we will start to go from purely developing technology to starting to understand the product better and and beginning to pilot and understand you know how do we actually deliver the value of this i think for the industry more broadly i think we're going to continue to see consolidation i think this is a very hard technology and um i think the i think i think there'll be more companies that kind of bow out or or become part of others i expect that to continue Uh, and then we're going to continue to see um uh, you know, incrementally more trials, right? I think that the, the, some of the folks who are playing here have started to do uh, very limited um, operation and we'll start to see a little bit more of that grow. And I think that'll be exciting and it will be, you know, uh, an opportunity for this industry to build over the next, uh, next couple of years.
2: Thank you for taking the time with us, Chris, and we wish you continued success with what you're doing and, and good health as well.
1: Thanks. You too. Thanks so much for the conversation and the time. It's real, real privilege. So thank you. And have
2: a great
0: holiday and whatever and a great new year and we keep it going.
2: Alan, this is a big week on Thursday. The Princeton Smart Driving Cars Summit is getting underway live. <laughs> it's pretty exciting.
0: Yes, it's pretty exciting. We're going to finally get it going on uh, on Thursday. And, um, and basically what I'm going to do is... Uh, is lay out um, the issues uh, and the objective of the summit, which is really to generate discussion uh, about, uh, about this technology and about the markets for this technology and how do we really uh, uh, get it off the ground. We are, we are still at zero, essentially zero. Uh, there's a, a little bit of light at the, at the end of that uh, um, deployment tunnel. And, um, and uh, this is the time to really open that up and, uh, and actually deliver uh, quality and, and, and value uh, to society. And so those are the things that, um, that we'll be discussing over the ensuing 15 sessions, weekly sessions, uh, starting on January 7th, if my memory is correct. Uh, and continuing every Thursday again at noon Eastern time and uh, continuing that through the, the middle of April. Uh, we look forward to having um, uh, you with us and the audience with us. Uh, we will be live. Uh, we will um, uh, try to keep a half of the program as sort of information from our end discussions and issues from our end and the other half to be uh, issues and discussions and questions and, uh, and maybe debate uh, with with members of the audience. Um,
2: and it's going to be at noon Eastern on on Thursdays so people can it's not they don't have to worry about remembering oh what day is it? thursdays yeah. at noon they belong thursdays. to alan
0: <laughs> thursdays at noon eastern time or you know late breakfast on the west coast or or uh, you know happy hour of sorts in, in, in on the continent and um, a midnight snack in, in asia so um uh, that's kind of the way we've set it up um, you've got some great people
2: lined up to take part in this too we have,
0: we have many people lined up and to participate and, and share their knowledge and discussion with everybody. And, uh, and that's what we're going to try
2: to do. And there's info and a link. If you go to smartdrivingcar.com, you can get more information there, link over to it and, and get ready to take part starting this Thursday at noon. Thanks to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO, and more information is available at motoetf.com. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, Amazon, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Smart speakers can play us too. You just have to ask. And you can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. And continue to stay safe.
0: And happy holidays to everybody.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)